Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only podcast from Radio New Zealand. I'm Jacob McSweeney. In this week's programme, we preview the All Blacks test against Argentina and Wellington on Saturday. The All Whites depart for Numea to take on New Caledonia in the third stage of World Cup qualifying. And there's also netball and mountain biking. The All Blacks take on Argentina for the first time in the new rugby championship in Wellington this weekend. That in itself should have generated plenty of interest. But it's the involvement of Sir Graham Henry in the Pumas setup that has been the talk all week. Barry Guy filed this report. Here they come. They've got it away to Gonzalez Amorosino. He's going to go in. Oh, he's going to go in. The two sides last met in the quarterfinal of last year's World Cup. Back then, Graham Henry was on his way to lifting the cup and adding a sir to his name. Henry is now freelance, and this week is his third stint with the new side in the Southern Hemisphere competition. The Argentinians are grateful for what he has done for them, saying he's primarily worked on helping them on attack. The All Blacks players have found it amusing, but have largely ignored it. However, coach Steve Hansen does see it as a bit of an issue. You've got a split decision, haven't you? You're thinking, well, here's a guy that's been intimate with your team for a long, long time, and you're thinking, hopefully he doesn't tell them uh, everything. Uh, and on the other hand, it's, it's really exciting, because we've moved on a wee bit from when he was here, and... Because, as I said, he's a great student of the game. To have him prepare a side to try and play against you, at the end of it, we'll find out if we've got any weaknesses or not and and how we want to play. So that in itself is quite exciting. It'll be interesting to see if Henry will be in the Pumas box during the game. Even more interesting to see his reactions. I imagine he'll be far more relaxed. Relaxation on the field is unlikely. The Pumas may be the new team in the competition, but all the All Blacks know what to expect. Everyone knows that they've got a big Ford pack and they love driving and they're physical. Their strengths are their strengths and there's talk about them being more expansive and all that, but when the pressure comes on, I think we all revert to type and uh, they'll try and do what they know works best for them. I guess you know they won't really want to take much away from how they traditionally play. I mean, we already know what they're going to bring and we know what they're capable of. Their whole pride comes from is their Ford pack, so... Expect a lot more uh, traditional Argentinian play. So everyone knows what the Pumas are going to do, but can the All Blacks overcome that and counter? Hansen was happy with the wins over Australia, but not completely happy with the way they played. He believes they butchered a half a dozen try-scoring opportunities in the Eden Park clash. Conrad Smith is back to partner Ma'anonu in the centres. The pair haven't played together since the World Cup final. You know, it would be silly of us just to expect it's just going to uh, go back to the same old. Oh, we've talked about it a lot, and I think that's the good thing when you've played with someone for a long time. That's the easiest part. You can uh, talk about things, and, and certainly, you know, we've got a head start. It's not like a fresh combination, and it's just been enjoyable even in the trainings, being back there alongside them, and you know, obviously the, the, the best part's still to come. As far as the Argentinians are concerned, this is the match they've looked forward to ever since the draw was released. More importantly, they're coming off a draw with the Springboks. 
Look, Manuel Carriza says that result was a big confidence boost for the rest of the tournament. It encourages you because it tells that you have been working hard and properly. And we know that there's a big difference between us and the rest of the teams, but when you go and you play well, like we did against the Springboks, it tells you that uh, you can compete with them and that's, that's very good for us. Argentina won't be intimidated and the result could be a lot closer than many think. Barry Guy with that report. Argentina are coming off a loss and a draw against South Africa, while the All Blacks beat Australia twice. Argentinian rugby players say meeting the All Blacks is always one of the highlights of their careers. And Barry Guy also caught up with Argentinian lock Manuel Carriza earlier this week and asked him about the feeling in the camp. Well, that's a huge challenge. Uh, we're expecting the game since the, the day they announced the tournament. So we had a long flight uh, yesterday. We had a recovery day today. And starting tomorrow, we had all our heads uh, pointing to the Saturday game. How does it feel having taken the Springboks so close to now play New Zealand? Uh, it encourages yeah, uh, you because it tells that you have been working hard and properly. And uh, you know, we know that there's a big difference between us and the rest of the teams, but when you go and you Play, play well like like we did last Saturday against the Springboks. It tells you that uh, you can you can you can compete with them, and that's 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 very good for us. What's the most pleasing part of that game that you can take? You know, what what was the best bit of the match that you played against the Springboks? Uh, I think personally, for me, it's the uh, the thing that in, in the during the game we felt that they couldn't score us. They, we couldn't they. they couldn't be able to to make a, to score a try. It's maybe because of our mistakes that they they arrived to our in goal. But uh, we felt inside that they couldn't break us. That's very encouraging for us. And the All Blacks are maybe a stronger attacking force in the box. Are that confidence in in, in your defence will hold true this week as well? We know that the All Blacks have many alternatives to play. Maybe the Springboks are more frontal and they try to break you on the one-on-one. But uh, yeah, as you said, uh, the All Blacks have many, many ways that they can play you same side, they can change sides, they can very good at kicking and so we have to be more alert to, to all, the, all the chances. New Zealanders sort of see Argentine rugby as, as forward dominated, a lot of kicking. That's something that you guys are trying to evolve away from? No, not away, but have, as I told you before, we like to have more alternatives, more backs games. But it's true that we feel very confident when we play close and when we kick and we chase. So that's not something something we're gonna let stop doing it. But uh, we try to have more more something else. Do the All Blacks play more of a game for the breakdown? Is that a big area for you, the tackle ball area, getting turnovers? Yes, of course. Uh, we try to slow down uh, slow balls to South Africa. In the second game, we, I think we we did it properly. We slowed their balls and got some turnovers. But uh, it's going to be very different for the All Blacks. They have great uh, racking, and uh, we have to be ready in defense to to the quick balls. So maybe we, sh- we shouldn't put so many guys in defense on the racks 
and stay outside to, to be ready to tackle. Mapore and Reed, very good in that area, obviously. Yes, of course. We know them very well because of last year World Cup. We suffered them a lot in the in the in the wrecks, so we have to be ready to 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 stop stop to stop them. History has shown that Argentina plays very well at home, but perhaps not so well here. Do you think that is changing? Let's hope. Uh, maybe our idea was to to come to this tournament, learn from them, uh, try to improve ourselves. Maybe the results were not our main objective. But uh, after you got a nice result against South Africa and you said hey, maybe it's possible for us to, to have a win, so of course we always playing to win, uh, that's not a thing, but um, playing at home for us is something quite big because of the crowd and they make us feel very, very strong, so maybe with time we'll feel uh, everywhere like that. You've had Graham hel- uh, Henry helping you and he's with you again this week, is he, do you think perhaps he's going to teach you something about playing here in New Zealand or what do you want to get from him perhaps? No, I think the the most important of Graham helping us is that uh, he's giving us uh, his experience in this tournament, in this level of rugby. So that's the main thing of, of him. He he knows the game. He knows the game that they play here, something that we don't. So that's that's what we have to learn from him. Is there anything in particular that he's told you that, that you've, you've really responded to? Is there one particular thing I he think, says more important? Yeah, I think the, the mentality to score. Every time, every time he, talk, he talks about a player or something, he said, OK, 9, 10, 10, score. So that's a huge thing about him. He has great confidence, so maybe we have to take that and, and improve that from us. The Argentinian lock Manuel Carriza talking to the media in Wellington. The All-Whites begin the next stage of qualifying for the 2014 Football World Cup in Brazil tonight in Numea. And Ryan Nelson's team also have a score to settle against New Caledonia. The New Zealanders were knocked out of the Oceania Nations Cup by tonight's hosts at the semi-final stage back in June in Honiara, ending the All-Whites' hopes of qualifying for next year's FIFA Confederations Cup. Los Angeles Galaxy midfielder Dan Keat usually plies his trade alongside footballing legends such as David Beckham and Thierry Henry in Major League Soccer, but will now have his first taste of World Cup qualifying. I asked Dan Keat what he thought he would be up against in Numea. I have an idea what we're getting into, but um, yeah, this is my first time with uh, with the always. So, and I mean, what's your impression of what it's going to be like taking on these the, the small island nations? You know, it's never easy. You know, that the environment, the heat, the the pitches, the referees. You know, it's not none of it's really ideal. But you know, we know what we're getting into, and uh, we definitely had a bit of a bit of a shock and a bit of an experience in how things are going to go um, from the. Ocean. Nations Cup, so um, you know we've just got to go over there and do a job, really. And obviously, this is—I mean—looking towards the big picture, uh, very big reward at the end of this. You know, get, get their chance to qualify for the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I suppose this is the the next step in the journey, and uh, we're just going to have to all buy in together and uh, and work towards that goal. So hopefully, uh, things will go well on this trip, and it'll be a, a big, good start for things to come. And obviously, never easy going into playing away from home at these difficult arenas, uh, difficult grounds, difficult weather. Also, going in and being expected to win generally, uh, never easy, is it? Yeah, I know. But you'd uh, you'd rather it that way than the other way around. I think you know we we think we're a good team, and I think that um, it's our job to go out there and prove it. So, 
Um, yeah, it, it, it's different than being the underdog. It, that Sometimes we find ourselves on the international stage, but um, you've just got to deal with the pressure and, and uh, go out there and, and get a result. And, and yourself, Dan, are you, are you trying to uh, sort of impose yourself on that midfield, get, it, get some minutes under your belt? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, it's an opportunity for me to, to try and, you know, earn, earn a, a spot there in the midfield. But, um, you know, we've got some good players there and some guys that, that did well at not only the, the Nations Cup but at the Olympics. So um, it all bodes well going forward for the team having good competition there. OK, yeah. And generally the squad, I mean, you're pretty confident in it? Yeah, the squad looks great. You know, it's good to have uh, the boys from the UK back in um, for this trip, uh, like Winston and, and Ryan, and um, you know, people like that really just help help build on uh, on things because they bring experience that uh, maybe we were missing a little bit uh, in Hariara. Hmm. And I mean, what aspect do you get from international football experience as opposed to playing in the MLS? It's just a it's just a different environment, you know. You're playing for your country, and uh, that's always special. Um, but you know, you get to get to some interesting and different places as well. So, you know, we we deal with that a little bit uh, over in uh, over in the MLS when we play in the Champions League and places like El Salvador and Honduras. It's a similar kind of crazy uh, environment that you have to deal with. So, um, hopefully, that'll bode well for me dealing with the situation. All right, it's midfielder Dan Keat. You're listening to Extra Time, Radio New Zealand's web-only show. I'm Jacob McSweeney. The New Zealand netball squad are going through their final preparations ahead of the three-test Constellation Cup series against Australia, but the Silver Ferns coach, Wai Tomonu, is yet to settle on her mid-court combination. Laura Langman is the only mid-quarter remaining from last year's World Championships, following the departure of seasoned campaigners Jolene Henry and Temapata George. Langman is likely to be at centre with Camilla Lees and Kayla Cullen at wing attack and wing defence, with Tomonu conceding she's unlikely to throw debutante Bailey Mez into the mix until later in the series. Langman spoke to the media at Silver Ferns training and she says they're testing out a number of combinations as they try and get the midcourt set up just right. We've achieved quite a lot over the past three days um, and yeah, we're learning heats every day and I think at, at this point in time it's just a matter of getting to know one another, um, what lines we run and how we like to play, so so far so good. And have you been sort of switching up with Camilla, the centre wing attack, can we expect to see a bit of interchange there? Yeah, I think that is what the um, strength probably of this new lot of midcourt is, is we're very versatile um, and so we can add many strings to our bow so to speak, so yeah, we have, there's been a lot of switching. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it'll be good to be able to keep the opposition guessing. And you're obviously the most experienced. I know. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so not the youth. No, <laughs> young or even just new players sort of mixing in with the silver ferns sort of. They've come in really seamlessly. I think what is great about our, our environment is um, new recruits or um, debutants always come in and it feels like they've been there for a while. Um, so yeah, they've done great and I think um, what is great is we've got a new influx of energy and ideas and 
and it's very good because sometimes when you've been in a place for a very long time you miss that so that is certainly something I've noticed that they've bought. Do you think there's a bit of sort of risk and reward going into this first test? Obviously your midcourt could be exposed by Australia but on the other hand they haven't played against this midcourt before. Yeah, exactly. So we have the unknown factor, so to speak. Um, but in saying that, um, that's what where ANZ probably comes in, and we've all been exposed to one another. So at different points in time, we have played against them. I think um, what the real challenge is going to be is you're playing the best Australians all in one team, um, whereas ANZ does spread out. So that's probably going to be the challenge for um, us, particularly in the mid court. But in saying that, um, you know, we we're all experienced in our own right, and I think um, there's talent in those. Um, young girls that uh, is very exciting for New, New, New Zealand netball. Why has mentioned perhaps switching you between centre and on the wing depending on which is combination she? <laughs> she settles with? Yeah. Do you have a preference as to where you play? Um, I, I do really enjoy centre. I like to be involved in both ends and I find wing attack extremely challenging. Um, so yeah I've got a, a lot to learn in wing attack in terms of awareness and where is the space that you can go to. So yeah, probably my preference is still centre but uh, I'm willing to take up that challenge at wing attack. With the combinations you've sort of developed so far and are working on do you feel like that will work? Are you still being at centre with the others around you? Yeah, I think um, at the end of the day it's got to come down to what's the best for the team and ha- where are people going to be placed for the team to be the strongest. So if that means I'm at WAR, then I just need to you know, take it um, and try and make it my own. So yeah, lots of work in progress. <laughs> yeah. What do you do between now and flying to Australia? Uh, so we've got a couple of um, practice matches and that's where we really want to start putting some of the um, strategies we're implementing at trainings out in those games and just starting to polish because um, when you come up against the Australians, if you make an error, they're going to make you pay for it. So yeah, we've been we've covered a lot in a very short fr- um, fr- time frame, but in saying that, it's all um, you know, all in- inputted. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Laura Langman. The Silver Ferns fly to Australia next Thursday ahead of the first test against the Diamonds in Melbourne on Saturday week. The former All Black hooker and current Wales coach Warren Gatlin was this week appointed as the new coach of the British and Irish Lions team to tour Australia during the middle of next year. Gatlin led Wales to an impressive 2011 Rugby World Cup where they were knocked out of the semi-finals against France and finished in fourth place. He's also won the Six Nations and completed the Grand Slam with Wales twice. Gatlin told IRB's Total Rugby Show he was honoured to take on the role. Oh, just massively honoured to have um, you know, been appointed in this role. And, and I think for me it, what, hit home, what hits home is the, the, the history um, of being part of the Lions and to be a Lions coach and coaches that have gone before me, uh, players that have gone before me, 125 years of history. It's the only team uh, in the professional era in the modern game that Still, still take up the old traditional tours. So, from that point of view, you know, it's, it's a great, great honour, but also uh, a huge, huge challenge for us to, in terms of going to Australia in 2013. And how important was the experience you got with the Lions last time round in 2009? Oh, I think for me, um, you know, it gave me a real insight into what the Lions meant uh, for the players. Now, they they put on their own national jerseys and they, they wear those jerseys with an enormous amount of pride, but. When they put that Lions jersey on, you can see it's another step up. It's the ultimate for a player. It's an ultimate for a, for a coach to be involved in a, in a Lions tour. And uh, it's not it's not until you've been a part of it that you actually recognise and, and respect what it means to be uh, a part of a Lions tour. Having played against the Lions myself as a, as a player, 
Um, I know what that meant to me and having that opportunity and realising that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. So, I mean, the Lions have a huge amount of uh, history, um, but uh, you know, that, that experience in 2009 really hit home for me um, the importance of the Lions. And what do you think is the biggest challenge you face this time around? The biggest challenge for us is putting a team together in such a short time. And you've got a selected team, you've got players from four nations coming together and um, within, a, within a week or less than a week you're basically uh, on the plane and, and playing your first game so you know, our, our preparation time uh, leading into, into the tour is probably uh, a lot less than you would have with a national side so that, that for us is going to be hugely challenging as a group of coaches you know, how do we get this team up to speed uh, I think it's important for, that everyone in the squad gets an opportunity to start in the first two or three games of the tour that because uh, they want to put themselves and in, uh, in the frame to you know, potentially get selected for for the first test uh, in particular so you know it's uh, it's, it's making sure that uh, our planning our preparation um, is up to speed but uh, trying to put that group of get that group of guys together in such a a short period of time that's that's going to be our biggest challenge now you're taking a break as Wales coach but will it still be a little bit awkward going into the other countries camps I think it's important that I have that impartiality over the next 10 months that people feel that there's a huge opportunity for them to get selected it's about them being comfortable for me to be able to do that and particularly uh, during the Six Nations is uh, it's my I need to show people the impartiality that I'm going to bring to to this role and I think for the you know it's great that uh, the Lions really for the first time have made this selection so far out that I've been seconded from Wales to to the Lions, uh, which um, hopefully will demonstrate their impartiality and and those countries are going to feel comfortable about me coming and seeing them, talking to the players, and I'm going to make sure that I get around, that everyone's going to feel that they've had a fair opportunity to to be seen by me and, and to put themselves in the, in the shop window to have a chance of being selected. And your thoughts on Australia? Yeah, the greatest thing about Australia, they're still number two in the world. Uh, they'll probably be, as a nation, the, one of the biggest overachievers of, um, of any sport that they, they compete in. Uh, they have a huge amount of pride, uh, great athletes, um, and we're going to expect a, a really tough, challenging tour. But uh, in saying that, you know, you've got to look right from day one and you've got to think to yourself, at your disposal, we've got a squad and a group of coaches that hopefully are going to be good enough to go down there and come back with a series win. Warren Gatlin talking to the IRB's Total Rugby Show. New Zealand's top mountain bikers will be contesting the World Championships in Austria this weekend. 17-year-old Christchurch mountain biker Anton Cooper will compete in the junior men's category and goes into the race ranked second in the world. Ian Heppenstall caught up with Anton Cooper to ask him about his chances of winning a world title. For the World Cup races, you virtually came straight from New Zealand to race. What's been the build-up for the world champs? Um, the last few weeks I've been over here in Europe sort of acclimatising and building up. Um, I went to the USA uh, for four days to um, Trek's kind of big opening show there before going on to Spain to stay with my manager there for uh, just over a week. I've done a bit of training um, and then I went on to Switzerland to stay with my teammate Lucas. Uh, some more training again before coming here. Um, so I spent a week in Austria before Worlds. I guess we've been over here for about a, a month now, right. building up and acclimatising, practising the track, so it's all feeling, coming together. Yeah. That's great. And what are the challenges preparing back in the New Zealand winter? Uh, well, f- mainly just, you know, uh, the daylight getting, or the night coming really early, 
um, gets dark around 5.30 and when you have school as well, finishing at 3, um, to go suddenly get changed and you don't have long, much daylight left. So um, also the rain and the cold really adds on top of that. It's pretty tough. So second last year, you're coming into this race also ranked second. Um, how are you coping with um, being one of the favourites? Um, yeah, I think I'm coping really well. I'm not really um, thinking about that sort of stuff. The more just targeting my, my race and my performance. and I'm feeling relaxed and ready to go. Great. And um, in the World Cups, you measured yourself against the lap times of the elite riders. So what's your approach for this weekend? Um, I've been looking at any lap times. I haven't timed a lap here yet. It's something I'm not really concerned about because um, it's not really going to change anything come race day. So... Uh, it's just I really want to go out there and just lay it all on the line. Um, I think it's basically just go out there and give it 110% and that's going to be my approach. Yeah. That's the way. And lastly, what's the key to a good performance on this track? On this track, I think... Ooh, basically having a really good start, that's really important. Um, it's a fast start, not too long, so it's important to be on the front row, which I am. And uh, get into the single track really high up there. Um, after that, I think the race is going to sort itself out into a couple of you know, groups at the front early on, and they'll just continue to split up from there. Anton Cooper talking to Ian Heppenstall. New Zealand's other mountain bikers in Austria include Olympians Karen Hanlon and Rosara Joseph in the elite women's category, Samara Shepard in the women's under-23, and Dirk Peters and Tom Bradshaw in the under-23 men. That's all this week for Extra Time. You can contact us by emailing sport at radionz.co.nz. Thanks for listening. I'm Jacob McSweeney. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.